0: Quietly together. And now, towards the end of this day, maybe it's a bit easier for us to surrender the doing, and just um, sliding into being here without any effort bathing in the stillness and awareness we have built up together today. So with the in-breath sliding into the body and with the out-breath opening like the sky And if it feels good, you stabilize yourself a bit with the hands with the breath. but then you open to that which is aware of the hands and the breath and the sounds. You tune in into the vastness, into the mighty stillness. And initially it might be helpful to distinguish the moving mind, the display of your karma, the coming and going of thoughts, sensations, sounds, memories, feelings, which are appearances and awareness. Substantial like rainbows. And then the space within this movement happens like the sky. And that space is awake, it is on, it knows effortlessly It is that which is there already always prior to the experience It is open, boundaryless. Can't find the end of it, and then maybe you can also have a sense that there's a goodness, that that openness is non-judgmental, safe, trustworthy. Lama Yeshe says that the nature of mind essence is in the nature of love. So this kind of meditation is a bit of a journey. There's not a point where you arrive, or that you get better at it, or that you feel better. It is really like a journey of settling, of appreciating what arises. and then sometimes glimpsing into the sky. returning and resting appreciating the insubstantiality of the appearances and the boundarylessness of the space within which these appearances arise including the eye an empty appearance within the boundarylessness space of awareness. And that awareness is awake, cognizant, it is open, boundaryless, centerless. There might be a sense of gentleness or a tenderness. Today we explored how to activate the SIM card of our Buddha nature and here in this uh, view um, the activation happens through recognition so I mentioned already how to Now continue how to work with this, if this speaks to you. I want to repeat the, the approach of mini, me- mini meditations throughout the day. And every day to return to some pith instructions, so some, to some input, like uh, a video, an audio, a, a, a quote, a page from a text. I do. I do that every day. So every morning, for quite some time, I just sit around, and then, and then um, I check my Facebook, and uh, yeah, and there I have. The quote of the day, the link of the day. And I have kind of unfriended, I have unfriended anything else. (laughs) 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 So I have unfriended. Anything else than the ultimate guru, mm-hmm. which speaks to me in, you know, in the in the teachings of te- teachers from the Tibetan tradition, Zen teachers, um, some satsang, non-dual teachers and uh, and it really um, it, it really for me it's such a joyful and gentle way to um, to come to, to come back to that what is always already there yes and then it does not mean that that we let go of those uh, relative practices of working, of the body work we do, the psychotherapeutical work we do, the work we do in terms of purification and accumulating of merit. Because in order to stabilize this recognition, in order to Increase its depths and its uh, stability. Um, It helps to heal the body, heart, mind. What I find for myself is that... uh, the teachings on innermost awareness and the recognition and the taste of innermost awareness takes away the, the desperation or the, the pressure of the relative practices, of the healing practices, of the therapeutical practices. I, I mean I, it's still I mean it's still so fascinating and interesting and a good way to spend my time. Uh, yeah but it's not really like it's not like the hungry ghost meditation added behind yeah? I'm not afraid to miss out on something or uh, like that I have to do long retreats I mean I, I, it's good to do long retreats but there is not the this kind of hunger behind. And that's really nice. So it's just like more natural, stress-free awakening. Yeah. Can I just ask? Yeah. I'm just curious to know how in daily life we all have like our uh, businesses and jobs and families and and stuff and the pr- mode of production that we all go into where we have to kind of do what quite the opposite of what we're doing in this room mm-hmm. um, and i guess you have to do that as well i know, know you're running a business and um so how do you kind of balance the the way of uh, being and doing Mm. Um, how do you cultivate mm. <laughs> uh, the the being and the letting go, and you also have to be mm. in a, a productive mode most of the time? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I said about the mini meditations, what I said about having some kind of uh, sitting every day. Uh, what I said about becoming a bit more familiar with innermost awareness through time so that you start more not to feel how it is there everywhere, in the office, in the, in the meetings, when you work with a computer, But that takes time to to kind of soak it in so much that, that for you at one point it's no different to come here or to go to the office. The content is different, yes. Maybe in the office there's a bit more movement and here's a bit less movement, but the space in which the movement happens is the same. Um, I don't know that, I don't think there is like a trick. Uh, Do what I said and forget, you know, maybe forget the question a bit. How do I bring this into into the office or into the daily life? Because you're going to bring it into the office and daily life. It's just... Something which something which happens, maybe mm. wanting to bring it into the uh, office and the daily life can be m- almost more an obstacle because then you make this differentiation and you mm. come up with techniques. So so if we take this really like uh, radically what we have explored today that all the movements uh, we experience of the mind is actually, the radiance of Buddha nature, then, of course, that's also true for the movement in the office. It's also the movement of the busyness. It's also radiance of Buddha nature. And then, of course, uh, there is a sense of losing it. There is a sense of, oh, now I feel so different. Yeah, but then in the evening, I go back to, you know, I watch it, like, yesterday I, I, I saw this, it was a conference where Mingo Rinpoche was talking with this guy who founded this Stanford Compassion stuff. And it was a dialogue between them. Quite, I mean, it's like four or five hours of, of uh, video. And so I just, 15 minutes, I look, Mingo Rinpoche, you know, like talking, guiding some meditation, and, and there it is. And then I feel, yeah, there seemed to be, I, to, this afternoon I felt I've lost it, but I didn't. Does it, is that helpful, what I say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> And I have a lot of guided meditations and teachings on SoundCloud, so if if you are familiar with my voice, then at one point it's maybe enough to just kind of 10 minutes, you know? Like, uh, one of the teachers who has uh, opened this space a lot for me is Peter Fenner. It's a, an Australian teacher, also a student of Lama Yeshe, and I've done some courses with him, and I've had some sessions with him, and now it's like just a little video clip, just a little recording of a teaching, like 10-15 minutes, I hear his voice, yeah, and there it is, I'm home. It's like, it does no matter what he says, it's just that that kind of, it, it becomes like a an anchor, you know, like in NLP, they, they have these methods of anchoring certain states of mind through through gestures or through through like mm, touches to, to touch your body in certain areas. So, in the same way, we anchor the recognition of innermost awareness through uh, maybe through body postures, you know? body postures, uh, symbols voices and in and then when you press the anchor you uh, you have access to the to the experience again